Welcome to the Psych Yourself Up podcast. I'm your host, Sharon B, and I'm a trainee clinical psychologist. In these weekly episodes, we aim to demystify psychological concepts so you can apply them to real life. In today's episode, we're going to look at New Year's resolutions, why so many of them fail, and how we can use psychology to actually stick to our resolutions. 80% of resolutions fail by February and this is something that I completely relate to. I remember having the same three resolutions year after year and it was only until I properly looked into the psychology behind why we fail our resolutions that I was able to actually reach some of my goals. So why do we fail? According to the Trans Theoretical Model of Change, there are five basic stages which you have to pass through before creating a change in your life. So, stage one is pre-contemplation. This is where you deny you have a problem, but other people may be concerned. Stage two is contemplation, which is where you think about the pros and cons of change. Stage three is preparation, so you take the steps to get ready to make a change. Stage four is action, where you change your behaviour. Stage five is maintenance, where you figure out how to stick to your change over the long term. And finally, stage six is relapse. Now, this is a new addition to the model. This reflects the fact that mistakes are part of the process. And the way that you address your quote-unquote failings play a big role in your ability to stick to change. So let's take a moment. With Christmas just gone and routine has been definitely out of the window, have you set yourself up to go through these stages? Definitely not. So this could be why your New Year's resolutions tend to fail, because you're not going through the stages that are proposed in this model, especially the first three stages where you are thinking about making a change and preparing So without setting this foundation for your New Year's resolutions, you aren't going to be able to reach your goals successfully. Now, another reason you might not be able to stick to your New Year's resolution could be because your goals aren't specific enough. So when our goals aren't specific, this means that they are harder for us to operationalise, which means that we can't measure them, basically. And without being able to properly measure our progress, we're not able to keep track. And being able to keep track of progress is really how we stay motivated with difficult tasks and behaviour changes. So let's think about your previous New Year's resolutions and my previous New Year's resolutions. Were they really specific and was I able to keep track of how well I was doing? If not, then was I successful in maintaining this New Year's resolutions? Probably not. Another reason could be that you have framed your New Year's resolution in a more negative way. So, for example, you may have chosen to stop eating unhealthy food. Now, the positive alternative would be to eat more healthy food. It's a really small change, but it does work. So I want us to try a little experiment here. And I want you to try and not think of a pink elephant. Yep, you heard me right. Do not think of a pink elephant for the next 15 seconds. Okay, go. Don't think of a pink elephant. Make sure you're not thinking of a pink elephant. Right, so how hard was that? When we tell ourselves to not think of something, the more we focus on that particular thought. 
And so this means that we need to be really careful about how we frame our New Year's resolutions. Rather than saying that you're gonna cut all of these different things out or stop doing certain behaviors, think about what more helpful behaviors you could be doing instead. So that more focus will go onto those thoughts. And the final reason that we're going to speak about today is that resolutions a lot of the time are actually for other people. Now, people commonly choose New Year's resolutions of losing more weight or going to the gym. And, and these are some things that, you know, are very common. And I, I really hope that we can be maybe more creative with our resolutions this year and branch out and think about other ways that we can improve ourselves. But who are our New Year's resolutions truly for? Are they to impress others? Are they to improve our social standing? Or are they to improve our self-esteem through the validation of other people? It's a lot easier to stick to goals that are important to you rather than goals that are important for other people. So take a moment and think about previous failed resolutions and whether they were truly important to you. With these things in mind then, how can we stick to our New Year's resolutions? From what the trans-theoretical model of change suggests, we need to have several moments in which we think about the change that we want to make. So it could be helpful to make a pro and con list of the resolutions. What are the pros of going to the gym? And what are the cons of going to the gym? This also allows you to prepare for the barriers that you may face. In the preparation stage, you're going to take steps to get ready to make the change. So this could be getting the gym trainers out, buying the gym membership, or figuring out what route you're going to run. Spending time thinking about the change and planning how you're going to action the change will allow you to successfully adhere to your New Year's resolutions, hopefully. So really, this means that you need to start before January the 1st if you want to start the new year with this particular behavior change, or you can simply use the 1st of January as the start line from which you are thinking of the preparation phases rather than going into it suddenly. In terms of making your goals more specific, I'm sure many of you have heard of SMART goals, but if you haven't, I will briefly go through what this acronym really means. So, S stands for specific, and this means that if your goal is to be more healthy, you need to state what this actually means, so you need to break it down. So does being more healthy mean going to the gym more, eating healthily, drinking more water, things like that. M stands for measurable. You need to make sure your goal is trackable. So to do this, you need to state the amount of time or frequency you'll be doing this certain behavior. So for example, if you want to go to the gym, how many times a week and how long will you be going for? A stands for attainable. Now you want to work towards a goal that is challenging but possible. So if you've never ran a day in your life, like myself, then don't set yourself the goal of running 10k every day because you're only setting yourself up to fail. Why don't you try something more manageable? For example, running or walking for 20 minutes. Now R does change between different models but for this one I'm going to say that R stands for relevant. So when we speak about relevancy of goals, we want them to be aligned with your values. In this way, it relates to whether your goals are for yourself or if they're for other people. So why do you want to achieve this goal? Think about what's important in your life. Is health important? Is family and friends important? Is financial freedom important? Once you figure out what's important to you, question whether your goals are related to these values. 
If they are, great. If they're not, then maybe have a rethink about why you have these as your New Year's resolutions. And finally, T stands for timely. So with this, you want to give yourself a deadline. Let's go back to the gym example. If you decide that you want to go to the gym once a week, then by the end of the month, you should have gone to the gym four times a week. And so this is how you can make it more time bound so you can stay focused and motivated. And when you're framing your goals, don't forget to put them in positive terms. So rather than saying I'm going to stop eating junk food, change that to I'm going to eat more healthy food. I'll let you into a little secret. In the world of psychology, we have these things called implementation intentions. These are if-then plans which help us to form a habit and modify our behaviour. Rather than saying you won't eat any chocolate at all, you could create a plan of if I want to eat chocolate, then I will try to eat some fruit first. This allows you to come up with a plan of action and distract your mind from that tempting thought of eating the whole box of chocolates. I'm very aware that a lot of what we've spoken about today and general New Year's resolution planning revolves around fitness, health, losing weight, and I really want to encourage you to think about other ways in which you can improve your life and different ways in which you can grow. So I'm actually going to share with you one of my New Year's resolutions for the year, and no, it's not fitness or health related, which is why I want to share with you guys. So my goal is to reduce my screen time, but remember, we want to phrase it in a positive way. So I'm actually going to focus on reading more. So in my contemplation phase, I'm going to think about the pros and cons of reading more. So the pros of reading more include that I'll be able to learn things, less screen time. It's something I enjoy and it is a mindful task rather than a mindless task. And then the cons of reading more is that I'll have less time to do social things with people, my eyes might get tired and it can be quite expensive to buy books. Now moving on to the preparation phase, I'm going to take the following steps to prepare myself. So I'm going to select the books that I'm going to read, I'm going to sort out my library card and I'm also going to clear out my Kindles so that I have room for more books to download. Then I've created a smart goal around reading. So I've made it specific. I want to read more non-fiction and fiction. I've made it measurable. I'm going to read one book a month. And it is achievable because last year I read 10 books. It's definitely relevant because a value of mine is wisdom and also another value is that I want to learn things. And it's going to be timely because I aim to read 12 books by the end of the year. I've also created an implementation intention. So the if-then plan is if I want to watch TV, then I will read instead. And that's how I framed one of my New Year's resolutions for the year. Just to wrap things up, we're going to recap what we've spoken about today. The main reasons that people fail their New Year's resolutions is because they're not going through the five slash six stages that are proposed by the trans theoretical model of change, which is pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance, and relapse. We also aren't specific enough when we're setting our goals. And another reason is that we may phrase our New Year's resolution in a negative way, which then leads us to think more about the undesired behaviour. And finally, we tend to choose goals that aren't actually very important for ourselves. So how can we use psychology to stick 
to our New Year's resolutions. We spoke about using SMART goals, thinking about making goals specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and timely. We also spoke about the timing of when we decide to begin our New Year's resolution and think about whether we have gone through the first three stages of the trans-theoretical model of change. And finally, we spoke about putting your goals into more positive terms and using implementation intentions or if-then plans to help us create these new behaviours. Now, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Feel free to follow me over on Instagram at Sharon B. Psych to stay updated with all things podcast related. Don't forget to give this podcast a follow and leave a review if you'd like. Until next time, guys, I will speak to you later. Bye.